This is exactly right. After fucking, what, 55 episodes? We did it in the creepiest yeah. way possible. Not very beautifully. Hi. Uh, hi. Click. Welcome. Everyone just hung up on us. <laughs> Click. Is that a thing? Goodbye. <laughs> Click. Welcome to My Favorite Murder. Minisodes. You know the ones. The ones that you send us so we don't have to do any work. God, we appreciate it so Thank much. You. So much. So much. This um, round of minisodes is brought to you unofficially by the Del Taco um, <laughs> that was on my way over here. Uh, we all ate it. Me, Stephen, and Georgia. Family and meal. It was one of the saddest. It was a, if, the family meal of the saddest family. I had a burrito with a whiskey. <laughs> I had taco, two tacos and French fries, which yes. I had to stop eating because I was like, this is wrong. This is against God. Do you know what the secret to Del Taco is? This is not a fucking plug for Del Taco. Well, it is because no. it's fucking great. But well, do you know what the secret is well, yeah. to their French fries is their guacamole. Have you ever dipped their fries in the guacamole? So what you're saying is the secret is being shit face drunk? Yes. yes. I mean, that's the secret to everything. <laughs> what you to life. Especially these days. Uh, yeah, you, when you texted me, like, does anyone want anything from Del Taco? I almost started crying. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even know I wanted anything. It's kind of, I bet you that's how Postmates was born, is like somebody else did that for someone where they're, because what's better than someone bringing you fast food? It's Nothing. so shameful to eat that somebody taking it to your door and being like, hey, you don't even have to risk yeah. being seen in the Del Taco drive-thru. Yeah. Oh my God. That's my biggest, that one. Not anymore, but when I had fucking cra- like crazy eating issues. Yes. The thought, especially like if I go to a, a, a fast food restaurant with someone and they'd go to the bathroom when I'd sat there alone <laughs> and the thought of someone driving by and seeing me sitting inside a fucking <laughs> Del Taco alone at nine o'clock on a Friday night, which is like fun when you're with your bestie. Right. But then suddenly you're alone. Oh my God. I would be like, don't, can you just wait? But uh, can you just not go to the bathroom? But these days, if you think about it or if like from the 40 year old perspective, oh. 40 plus, um, it's actually a, a political act to sit yeah. alone in a, in a McDonald's. Like fuck, fuck you. all y'all. I'll do what I want. Your shame slowly uh, dies when you get older. Yeah, you start to realize how much A, it, nothing matters, and B, everyone else is so consumed with their own shame, they're not paying attention yeah, to you. Yeah, I mean, we've all, everyone's done worse things than sit alone in a fucking Del Taco. Way like way worse you're things. probably an angel that's chances are i i used to have a, i tried to write a joke about this where one time i was like got pulled up and the girl was like hi welcome to mcdonald's how are you or it was when i got to the pay window or whatever yeah. where she was being overly solicitous of like hi how are you doing tonight i was like obviously not good if i'm here i don't want to talk to you about it Mm-mm. like take my money Mm-mm. do not make eye contact with me this is a shaming moment Ugh. i don't want to be here no nobody does nobody wants anyone to be there no it's not like, good for everyone you. wish you were, were having a better night. I wish I was the kind of girl. I had a friend who was very thin all her life, and she was the kind of girl to be like, oh, do you want to go get french fries? I'd be like, yes, every but also, moment of the day. <laughs> that's why I can't. Let's get a side of a fucking entire cheeseburger. Yes. With that. <laughs> Let's get four things yeah. and pretend we're ordering for our family at right. home. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, there's so much. We could just do this. 
yeah. for days. That's, because the, that's for the eating disorder podcast. That we should do. have our, yeah, our third weekly podcast is shame. Shame. Things we're shamed about. Shame, shame. shame not, <laughs> not shamed anymore. That's Shameless. Right. It's also called Sh- shame. <laughs> right. And we get sued by Showtime right. or HBO. We're not sure. Right. Anyways, anyway, we told you this Del is Taco your home burps, <laughs> burps of plenty. It's going to be a burp, burp. I mean, I burp a lot anyways, but you giving me permission by burping too is going to help me. Yeah, I'm going to kick it off. Please do. Let's try to punctuate each hometown murder with a large and raucous Del Taco belt. Let's do it. Here's my first one. It's the, the subject line is hometown murder Amsterdam, the Donald Duck killer. Are you ready? All of this sounds fun. How's your mind working right now? Fun. Do you imagine that this killer is a guy with a speech impediment oh. who is naked from the waist down? <laughs> That's the first thing that popped in my head. Not what I was thinking like at all. Like a sailor in a blue outfit with no pants. I was thinking like a, like a wild Halloween party in the sky in Amsterdam, because I heard they have wild Halloween parties, and like mm. he's dressed... But yours makes way more sense. I mean, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven, you want to make a guess of what could possibly be going on? Oh, you know. Oh, yeah, you that's know. That's right. Steve. I yeah, think that right. he is in California, and it has nothing to do with Donald Duck. <laughs> or Amsterdam. That's Yeah, he's not even in Amsterdam. <laughs> he's just like a stoner in California that loves Disneyland. Yep. Ready? Yeah. Hello, ladies. First, I want to say that I am obsessed with MFM. You guys are so funny, and I, th- and I thanks to you... Am becoming, oh, got it, commas. I, thanks to you, am becoming an expert on American murder, crime, and punishment, whichever is kind of weird and pointless for someone living in the Netherlands, but whatever. What it, all those, that was so charming now. Those misses. Is it weird? We love you, whoever yeah. you are. It's uh, Sane. Donald. What? <laughs> Donald. <laughs> uh, it's the murderous duck writing firsthand. Okay. This case is from 1971 this case sorry from 1971 became known as the donald duck murder and it happened in a park in the south of amsterdam beatrix park named after the queen we have to look that one up i bet she's pretty awesome looking yeah queen beatrix of amsterdam uh yeah or the netherlands she's like a like um alice in wonderland character yeah you think so she's got like um her head is way bigger than the rest of her body. Yeah, and that, like, the thing that looks like a coffee filter is her collar. <laughs> yes. You know rough. what I mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so, oh, it's in a nice, quiet neighborhood. I was born 12 years earlier and have many happy memories of the park. So hearing this story was very shocking. I love, I was, I'm sorry, this is the last one. I was born 12 years early, earlier. Not, I was 12 years old. Right. I love that. Okay, got 12 years. Everything is from before or after this Donald Duck murder. Okay. Are we like, oh, I was born 12 years before the Donald Duck murder. Were you born B-D-D or? B-D. P-D. Post-D-D. I went to the prom three years after the Donald Duck murders. Okay. <laughs> the Donald Duck killer became a sort of boogeyman for children in the neighborhood, I would imagine, and a way for parents to get their kids to listen to them. Be careful. Think of the Donald Duck killer. That's fucked up. Yep. Okay. I know one text. person whose mother said that to him. It still sounds horrifying. I think. <laughs> Was maybe wasn't yeah it wasn't a everyone. Netherlands wide trend just some psych- psychotic mother yeah uh, okay Gerard Spriot S P R U I T 
Spritz. Sure. I realize you will be butchering all the names <laughs> in this story, uh, but you. I get that Dutch names are crazy. They are. Yeah. I have no idea how to pronounce they don't Spruit. Make sense in terms of English <sighs> letters. Okay. He go. was a door-to-door seller of magazine subscriptions in the neighborhood next to the park, and he delivered Donald Duck magazine. Ooh, oh what no! The fuck. Kids would always follow him around because he had a cart that had the Donald Duck logo on it. Red flag. During his trial, he admitted to molesting the boys that helped him deliver the <sighs> magazines. Okay, okay, here's another terrible name. Boss Blomena was not laughing. Was a nine-year-old boy that sprue it. We're not laughing at the name. We're laughing at, at our, how I have no capacity right. to even pretend that I can pronounce. No Dutch. one thought you would. Okay, Boss Blomena was a nine-year-old boy that Spruit uh, saw playing in the park in August 1971. He lured him to his house, strangled him, and dumped the body in a rolled-up rug outside the city. Mm. The police didn't have any clues, but the rug... Except for the rug? The entire rug? Well, the rug was very distinctive. (laughs) Oh. And they thought it would help them find the killer. It was showed on television, and and Spruit's wife actually recognized it but he convinced her not to call the police yes that that entire patch of rug i cut out last week that matches the rug that the kid was found in uh it makes me think i should call the police you're being crazy again am i i'm sorry take your pills take your pills honey i'm sorry this is this thing i do (laughs) um three years later Another child went missing from the park, a girl this time. Helene Isaac was nine years old, and Spruit had also got her into the house. He thought she was a boy. Back in the 70s, <gasps> boys and girls looked more alike, I Fuck. think. When he realized his mistake, he got so angry, he strangled her. He Whoa. hid the body in a laundry basket and dumped it in another park, where it was found the next day. Oh, honey. He was arrested because lots of people noticed that the magazines were delivered hours late on the day Helene went missing. That's a weird clue Mm -hmm. like he wasn't like he didn't have you know irritable bowel syndrome like they were late he must be the killer well because up until that point he was fucking right on time all right with his little cart this is so dark yeah um when confronted by the police spruit admitted to murdering the little girl and the police connected him to the murder of boss three years earlier turns out spruit had multiple convictions for rape and molestation of boys going back to 1943 what the fuck he himself had been abused as a boy by priest in the catholic boys home where he grew up spruit was convicted for 20 years of manslaughter Convicted to 20 years for manslaughter. Um, but when he came up for parole, 20 he was... Years. Yeah. There was an, actually an exclamation point after okay, that. Good. Um, he came up for parole. He was still seen as dangerous and placed in a mental institution. When he got denied parole again in 1988, he committed suicide, which he probably should have done before he started killing and abusing children, mm. but okay. <laughs> so that was my hometown murder. Stay I didn't want to say it. Love. <laughs> Sana said it for you. Love from Amsterdam, Sana. You can mention my first name, but I don't expect you to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Sana? I mean, S-A-N-N-E. Sunny? 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 Sade. It's Sade. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, was that was great. Really good. That was like, yeah, I dig it. All right. Well, this one isn't necessarily a hometown murder, but we got a present that we love. Oh yes, getting presents, and it's uh, it was three candles, and so one of them was for Stephen, which like warms my fucking heart. Yeah. 
It's by uh, someone, her name's Lauren, and she runs a company called Boozny Arts, B-O-O-N-Z-Y. And she sent us a present, which we fucking love. And so I'm going to read this. We started reading this like card from her, and then we were like, nope, we're saving this. Okay. Hey there, Karen and Georgia and Stephen. Thanks so much for making such a fa- fucking fun and hilarious <laughs> podcast that has united us true crime weirdos across the world. Hey. I think my curiosity about murder began when I was a kid in Tucker, Georgia, and our adult neighbor across the street shot and killed his father who lived with him three weeks later my stepdad moved us into that house because quote he got a good deal on it (laughs) that's when we stopped reading we're like saving it can you imagine can you imagine a couple weeks later did you hear what happened across the street Ooh, that's so creepy and then your dad's like family meeting three weeks later family meeting gather around i got everybody del taco gather around I bet he made all the kids carry the furniture across the street <laughs> to the murder house. Oh, pick a bedroom. I, I saged and clapped the corners, everybody. We're fine. No, I'm not telling you what room it was done in until you pick your bedroom. Because <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want the fighting. You no, know, just pick your, the blood stain. Just pretend it's not there. Yep. In the master. We'll okay. paint over it. My business in, is boozy, boozy Arts, and I make geeky and pop culture themed candles. I've been selling these Stay Sexy, Don't Get Murder candles for a while, but only recently got access to your post office box number. <gasps> access. Yes, I live in Los Angeles, but no, I won't be visiting the post office where your box resides. <laughs> the fragrance is called Fresh Grave. Yes. <laughs> Which is wet earth and roses. That's hilarious. That's I thought creative. it was jasmine. Yeah. That's really funny. That's creative. It I was donating. Really that's amazing. I was donating 20% of the proceeds from this candle to end the backlog, but recently changed the receiving organization to Planned Parenthood. Nice. I'm horrified what should we, what the new and official as of tomorrow president has in store for women like us who don't just shut up and look pretty already. And donating to Planned Parenthood is just a small way to battle this deep despair. Thanks again. Hope you guys continue to grow your podcast and have fun with it. Cheers, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Cool girl. Yeah. Way to take action. That's that's badass. Boozny Arts. B-O-O-N-Z-Y arts.com. Boonzy? Boonzy? Boonzy. What did right? I say? If the ends first, but you're correct. Instead of Boozny? Yep. Totally. No offense. How would she, like how <laughs> bummed would you be if like the whole she was like, thank you, thank you. You're fucking saying my company. Thank you, wrong. except for that's a different company. Yeah. That's actually that makes porn gifts. And so I don't <laughs> please don't associate me with that. Boonzy. B-O-O-N-Z-Y arts. Yeah. Man. Nice. Love thank it. you so much. Thank you, Lauren. What a lovely gift. Can I tell the story of that? <laughs> yeah. Georgia also, she goes, we got some presents. And so she was opening them and she goes, she was opening the second one that she goes, do you want to, do you want a part of this? Are you, do you want to, and so she hands me, she opens the box and hands me one of the things inside and I'm opening it really slowly. I'm like, Ooh, we don't even know. This is so creepy. We don't know what this could be. There was be. no card. There was no nothing. We open, I open mine up and it is just like a porcelain goldfish from the sixties that you'd hang on the wall. In and your you bathroom. held it up and go, Oh my, you got really happy I about like, it. Look how cute this is. And then George goes, Oh, I ordered those off Etsy for my bathroom. <laughs> she forgot that she had ordered like, something. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then the, thank God the card said, thanks for your Etsy order. Otherwise, yep. I would have been like, oh, those are mine. Yeah. I was like, well, <laughs> I demand lying. to keep what I open. That's the law of and the I land. And I suggested we just smash both of them, just to be fair. <laughs> and start over. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Number two. Meet Cleaver murderer caught after firebombing a mosque. Oh, how timely. Okay. All right. 
Hi, George and Karen. I only recently found your podcast, and I'm so glad I did because it makes me feel a lot less weird for being some girl who's obsessed with murder. Hi. <laughs> I am a PhD student in Scotland, and I listen to your podcast on the lonely, lonely, rainy walk to and from work. It brightens my day. Just so you know, this is from Claire. Claire, I lived in... Oh, yeah. Uh, I lived in Glasgow. When you were in that... Uh on love, a TV show that love movie uh, remember I made you be in a what was it called <laughs> did you say a love movie yeah what are they called uh, a rom-com rom-com yeah <laughs> I made a whole narrative of you being in a rom-com remember right. when you lived in Scotland and it was actually just kind of an it was like a arty channel for uh, <laughs> dramedy or something I don't really know what it was um, but I don't know. I just, I just got the thing of like, I know where she's talking about. It's a, it's actually quite a, quite a large country. Is it? Uh, (laughs) I don't don't really know. Uh, Okay, so she says, I'm emailing in because I thought you might be interested in a strange but little known murder case that happened in my hometown. Chantelle Taylor was a mother of three. She had a very hard life and lived in an extremely deprived area of our town in Birkenhead. Her aunt had previously died suspiciously and her brother was killed by his ex-girlfriend. Chantelle was grief-stricken and she sadly became a heroin addict and started working the streets. She left her house one night in March 2004 and was never seen again. As a teenager at the time, me and all of my friends vividly remember seeing missing posters for her everywhere for over a year. Mm. The trail went cold. 18 months later, after the London bombings, a local mosque was firebombed in a revenge attack, and a jacket left at the scene was found to belong to a man called Stephen Wynne, a builder and former army guy who was childhood friends with Chantel. <gasps> when he was arrested for the attack, police searched his house and found a 14-page document (gasps) hidden under his sink which contained his life story and a poem he had written about killing a woman who he described as quote worthless and quote a junkie whore they also found a number of other disturbing items including a set of weapons encased in a concrete block in his back garden and buried bin bags containing shards of bone bloodstained clothes and sheets he cracked under police questioning and claimed that he met up with Chantel that night to smoke heroin and attacked her with a meat cleaver when she stole some of his drugs Fuck. Then he dismembered her body in the bath and hid it in water tanks in his attic, Dude. keeping her there for months, even as his three-year-old son played in the house. Uh. The smell apparently became unbearable, and then he moved and he then moved the body, hiding parts around the town, and stripped his wallpaper carpet clean so that he would not get caught. He encased the murder weapons and tools in a concrete block and planned to hide them under the foundations of the house. To this day, the only remains of Chantel that have been found are the shards of bone he accidentally left in her clothes. My partner was in the same class as a sibling of Stephen Wynn, and to my knowledge, his family have mostly disowned him, he was sentenced for 18 years to life for the murder of Chantel, as well as some other sentences for the mosque attack. He was recently allowed out into the community no. for a visit to his sister's memorial no. without the knowledge of her family, no. which is heartbreaking for them. They don't get a fucking visit. The- <laughs> I guess they do. Wynn still refuses to tell investigators or Chantel's family where he hid her body parts, so they were only able to bury her bone shards, though mm. they continue to search. I find this case so strange 
strange, mostly because of the shock of seeing the fallout from the size of the murderer's family after growing up seeing these missing posters all over town. I also find it bizarre that he went to such lengths to cover his tracks it took them six months to gather dna from the house because he cleaned it so meticulously but they knew it was her right like yeah i guess so yeah but after all that he ended up getting caught because he decided to carry out an impulsive terrorist attack and left poems about the murder in his house i also see his sibling a lot and wonder how they cope with knowing that their brother is capable of such terrifying things i hope you find this interesting but even if not thanks for giving me a chance to tell this story claire it was was very interesting, Claire. Wow, so sad. That one fucking piece of shit who thinks he's fucking better than everyone. But also that, like, she makes a really good point that he had gotten away with murder. Yeah. So he was clearly crazy in that way of like keeping that. He didn't have to keep any of that information yeah. or any of that stuff. I don't think. And that, he left his jacket at the scene of the bombing. I, you know, some people would say like, oh, he wanted to get caught, but like, I don't think so. I think he was just fucking stupid. Sometimes are just fucking stupid maybe and bad at criminal or uh, bad at criminal but he was good at criminal up until that point so then he does an impulsive thing like I don't know just it shows that it's not a person that's like it's not like he's completely normal going into some deviousness it's like obviously and also just the way he wrote who keeps well, poems two, under a sink like the, that alone creeps me out the judgment of her for being whatever he said like you know bad person and the judgment of the people in the mosque is just like the fucking delusions of grandeur motherfucker right There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye hey karen you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing i do i know it well Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. 
I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Well, one more? One more. All right. Let's do... Um, do, do, do okay. Wait, that one's kind of long. All right. So, <clears throat> Linda... Nope. Lydia <laughs> says, uh, hi there. I love your podcast. I heard your request for people's hometown murder stories. I have four. Oh. And three of them, I personally knew either the victim or the killer. The fourth was my dad's college roommate. What, where does this person live? Uh, let's, looks like maybe Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, murder number one, the video game killer. When I was in college, this kid from my hometown in Wellington, Ohio, uh, I knew his older sister and had been to their house before and met him once. He shot both of his parents in the head after they took away his Xbox. Ugh. His mom da- His mom died. His dad survived. It was horribly tragic as his dad was a local pastor and his mom was incredibly influential in local charity work. What a dick. Murder number two. Matt... Uh, Hetzler, a kid I went to junior high with, he was really weird and quiet, and I remember trying to talk to him once and telling, and him telling me to fuck off. One day, uh, w- 
One day I walked up to his sleeping dad. One day he walked up to his sleeping dad and killed him with a shotgun. He then went back downstairs and watched TV like nothing was wrong until the blood soaked through the floor and began dripping down near him and he couldn't hide it anymore. He called 911 and reported it as if he'd just found his dad like that. Some former classmates and friends of mine are in this video. I think it's a video of like the news report. Mm. <clears throat> Number three, a good friend of my family called up one day and told us that she'd found her daughter dead in the apartment the daughter lived with lived in with her husband and two toddlers. The girls were still in the apartment and had been sitting there for two full days when <gasps> their grandma found them. No. She couldn't find her daughter and their mom until she opened a closet and found a woman crumpled up and stuffed in a garbage bag. She'd been stabbed dozens of times and her bed was soaked all the way through with blood. Remember the that day vividly because my mom asked if I'd go to the house with her to help the mom clean it up after the cops were done there. <laughs> no. I, I helped carry the blood-soaked mattress out to the dumpster. Holy shit. They thankfully caught and arrested the husband and the two little girls are now in high school and they're just the sweetest kids in the world. Their grandma raised them and did a really good job of it. She made sure to keep the details out of the press so they never had to hear about it from somewhere else. The poor grandma. The poor grandma. That was her daughter. Sweet little fuck. Oh my god. Okay. That's so awful. Tragic. And the thought of carrying a mattress out. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I th- was this in the 90s or a while ago? I don't know. It sounds like it. I sounds like it. I, f- I mean, you, don't they have people that do that professionally? I think that, that you can't dispose of stuff like that anymore, right? One uh, would hope. Let's, let's just say that's the truth. Let's say that they have hazmat people. <sighs> that's heavy. Dude. I can't believe this person is normal enough to fucking write this email. I mean, Jesus. I would be ruined. Okay, murder number four. Finally, my dad's, not finally, but like, and and in conclusion. Yes. I was, okay. Murder number four. My dad's college roommate and good friend at Claremont McKenna College had a really rough go of things. His mom committed suicide during his first semester of sophomore year. Mm. And my dad said it seemed like after that, he seemed like he was a different person. He'd mumble to himself and stayed alone in his room with the curtains drawn all day. I do that. Uh, he stopped going to class and drowned and dropped out soon thereafter. A couple of years later, my dad got a call telling him that his old roommate had killed two random people with a ball peen hammer. Oh no! What's that? That's the, it's just a hammer that's hammer on one side and then two stabby things. No, the two stabby things is a normal hammer, uh-huh. and the a ball peen is the one with the rounded thing on the other side. Okay, pretty uh, sure. Okay. He later told my dad, everyone will let you know if you're not right. I mean, can you imagine the wave of carpenters that are going to just, they're just going to attack me on Twitter. He later told my dad that he'd heard voices in his head telling him to do it. Oh my God. So his dad talked to him after. Uh, I'm not really sure where he is now, but I know both my parents visited him in prison. I didn't realize before how many murders I'd been near. Weird to think about that. Sorry, these are so yeah. sloppily written. Oh, honey. Are you kidding They're me? They're not. But I felt like they were stories that should be told. Yes. I'd appreciate it if you didn't use my last name if you happen to mention this on the podcast. Thanks, Lydia. Lydia, holy mother. Honey, get some therapy. I mean, that's just... There's just so much... Here's, the, here's actually the thing that I love is that she's the kind of person that saw that there was a kid in her school that didn't talk and seemed sulky, so she tried to talk to him. Totally. That's what stuck with me where I'm like, and then he was the kind of person that was just like, fuck oh. off as in, I am not safe, don't stay around me. Or like, please try harder. Not that that's, you know what I mean? Like, yes. That's not true probably, but like... 
or that's not going to work on me. Yeah. Like, this is worse than, I'm, this isn't me, like, trying to, like, listen right. to goth music and be sad. I'm so far gone that oh. I can't even accept that. Lydia. Lydia, oh, Lydia. <laughs> um, those were great. You guys keep sending them in. Uh, your hometown murders. Hometown can meet college. Hometown can meet your parents' hometown or their college. Or just some some story that you know that like affected yeah. you. You don't have way. to have gone to college to like. I sure didn't. I didn't either. I mean, I did for a little bit. Me too. And then I was like, this isn't for me. No. I sure don't like it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, send them to my favorite murder at Gmail and we will maybe get, hopefully get to them, I think. Also, math isn't hard for women. <laughs> Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Bye. Bye. Elvis, you want, where is he? You want a cookie? Elvis, want a cookie? He's coming in from the other room. Elvis, you want a cookie? You did it. Okay. Bye. Bye.